The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. the 12th we've got the all-star teams we're going to tell you who should be on this list i don't think we're going to get into who shouldn't be on this list because you know what celebrate people's successes but there should be more people on the all-star rosters jack mcmullen peter apple did you see the ja morant drama yesterday no but i did see the zach wilson drama that's taken the internet by storm did you see that hilarious uh he was what he was banging his best friend's mom yeah, not ideal. Or we allegedly, it's all alleged at the end of the Everything's day. Everything's alleged, yeah. The Mormon community. I mean, up in arms for good reason. I understand, man. Do you remember when Mitt Romney, like his tax returns didn't show like a certain donation made to the, to the Mormon church and everybody was up in arms? Like, I think this might be a little bit worse. I think that is a little bit worse, slightly. Yeah. Also, did you know that in Utah, it's written in their constitution that you can never gamble. So I don't think gambling will ever be allowed in all 50 states unless Utah rips up their constitution. I think they're the only one where it'll never be legal. I don't think Utah is going to rip up their constitution. I don't think so either. To the fine folks in Utah listening to us, we love you. We, we see do. you drive to Nevada. <laughs> yeah, I agree. No, Go Utah's gorgeous. It's Utah's gorgeous, gorgeous, although Donovan Mitchell wants out. Um, but the John Morant stuff. So Zach Wilson allegedly banging his best friend's mom. John Morant um, did like a sit down interview with, with Taylor Rooks and ball sack sports, which is just funny as hell. They're on Twitter. You've I'm sure you've seen them, right? They just come across out, ball sack sports. Yeah. They just pump out fake quote cards and they pumped out this fake quote of, um, John Morant saying that Michael Jordan would just be another superstar in today's league. And like, you know, they put together a fake thing like that. ESPN ran a 15 to 20 minute segment talking about how Ja said that to ESPN, the worldwide leader in sports took up 20 minutes of daytime television on like Max Kellerman's show, but Kellerman was out on a ball sack sports quote card. Ugh. Also, do you hear Matthew Barry is out at ESPN? The yeah, interesting. Fantasy football real. I love Matthew Barry. Everybody love does. Matthew Barry. How can you not, dude? He's the best. And we're, you know, football's coming up, but this is a baseball show. But one more non-baseball thing. I've always wondered because, I mean, you are a basketball guy too at your core. More college basketball. Who are your top five NBA players of all time? Why don't we just do it right now? What's up? Top five NBA players of all time? Yeah. Who's your top five NBA players of all time? I don't know. We're talking about Jordan being another superstar. Of course, that's blasphemous. No, it's it's MJ, Bron, 
Kareem, Magic, and their Shaq or Wilt. What about Bill Russell? Kobe? Bird? No. I'd say Wilt. I like that. I'm a Braun over MJ guy. I'm a Braun over MJ person too. But honestly, I think Kareem doesn't get enough love for being in this top five. I mean, from the start of high school, he never lost. Yeah. Then college, won three chips. Then goes to the NBA as the all-time leading scorer. Have you been watching Winning Time on HBO Max? I was at the beginning, but then it got kind of weird and it became less about basketball and more about drama. And then I'm like, all right, now I'm out. But I did like it. I like like that it's all drama. I'm a big fan of that. So speaking of which, The Bachelorette started last night. So I will be uh, hooked on that. I'll watch the first hour of Freed and Scherzer. And then I will go back and watch the rest of it this morning because I've got to watch two Bachelorettes take on a cruise ship full of hot men and see which of the hottest men they choose to date for about six months, even though it's all about finding the love of your life, even though we know that that doesn't happen on The Bachelorette. But let's talk about the All-Star game. Can I round out my top five first? I would yeah. go. Oh, yeah, go, of course. Of course. Yeah, because we have to get to this other just baseball show. We're talking top fives. I would go LeBron. I would go Michael. I would yeah. go Kareem. I would go Magic. And then I think I'd go Bill Russell. He's got 11 chips. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Greatest yeah. defender, rebounder. I'll take that. Should we talk all stars? Uh, yeah, we should talk All-Stars. Um, we're going to talk about snubs. We're going to talk about 10, maybe 11 of them, 10 and a half, because we think uh, two relievers, one in the American League, one in the National League, were kind of half snubbed. But mm. let's run you through who's actually playing in the All-Star game. We'll start with the starters, then we'll give you the pitchers, then we'll give you the reserves. For the American League, Alejandro Kirk is the starter. Vladdy's the first baseman. Altuve's at second. Devers at third. Tim Anderson, the shortstop. Trout, Judge, and Stanton are the outfielders. Otani is the DH. The pitchers, write them down if you want to follow. Paul Blackburn, (laughs) Emmanuel Classe, Garrett Cole, Nestor Cortez, Clay Holmes, Jorge Lopez with the Orioles, Alec Manoa, Shane McClanahan, Shohei Otani, Martin Perez, Gregory Soto, Framber Valdez, Justin Verlander. Now the reserves. Jose Trevino with the Yankees, Luis Arise, Xander Bogarts, Miguel Cabrera, uh, legacy vote. We talked yeah. about that last week. Andres Jimenez <laughs> and Jose Ramirez. And then Andrew Benintendi, Byron Buxton, Julio Rodriguez, George Springer, and Kyle Tucker. For the National League, the starters are Wilson Contreras, Paul Goldschmidt, Jazz Chisholm, Manny Machado, Trey Turner, Ronald Acuna, Mookie Betts, Jock Peterson, and Bryce Harper slash William Contreras. Uh, Contreras is going to get the start at DH. The pitchers, Sandy Alcantara, David Bednar, Corbin Burns, Luis Castillo, Edwin Diaz, Max Freed, Tony Gonsolin, Josh Hader, Ryan Helsley, Clayton Kershaw, Joe Mantiply, and Joe Musgrove. And the reserves, Travis Darno, Pete Alonzo, Nolan Arenado, CJ Crone, Jeff McNeil, Albert Pujols, Dansby Swanson, Ian Happ, Starling Marte, Kyle Schwarber, and Juan Soto. That's a lot. There are a lot of the best names in baseball, but there are some names that, you know, might have been a little bit less deserving of the all-star nod than other guys. And you immediately look to notable omissions. You always look at, you know, the the first team all pro and all NBA in in football and basketball that come out and you say, wow, like who was left off here? With the all-star game, we we do it every year. You've got six, I've got five, and we're going to run through it. Cool? 
We're going to run through it. Cool. Just before we get into it, um, I just Googled the AL record versus the NL in the All-Star game. And it's funny, this is straight off Google. The NL dominated from 1950 to 1987, going 33-8-1, and including a stretch from 1963 to 1982, where they won 19 of 20 All-Star games. But since 1988, the AL has dominated, going 26-6-1. and and in 2018, the AL took their first lead in the series since, what is that, 1963? So the NL went on a crazy run in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and then the American League has taken over. Just on the surface, who do you think is going to win? The American League. Me too. But the National League always feels like it has the better pitching. And also, coming from a Yankee fan, real quick, um, I made this TikTok. I don't think Giancarlo Stanton deserves to be in this all-star game. I think he Why? might be a reserve, but I think there are plenty of outfielders who have just been a little bit better than him. I think Julio Rodriguez has been better than him. I think Taylor Ward has been better than him. And I think Kyle Tucker has been better than him, at least for the starter. That's what I'm saying. I understand if he's a reserve. The only reason I'm saying this is because six Yankees made it in and we're going to go over some snubs. And when I just look, if, if we have six Yankees and some really good players who didn't make the roster, as the Yankee guy, I want to say that I don't know if Giancarlo Stanton should be starting. Do you agree or disagree with that? Um, I agree with you. I don't think he should be starting, but I think he should be an all-star. I, yeah, I, I think, think that, fun. you know, like, Here's the thing about Jose Trevino. I don't think he should be an all-star, but he was the second best catcher in the American League. That's that's my thing. So if you could just like fill the bench and only have one catcher, then I don't think he's one of the best players in the American League. I don't think he's all-star worthy, but you have to have a backup catcher. So Can I combat that? Can I combat yes, that for a second? Because if we're looking at framing metrics, he has been the best receiver of the ball in Major League Baseball, and it's not even really close. He's got eight catcher runs above Travis Darno, who's at five. Like a clear-cut best defensive catcher in baseball through the first half, as well as we've seen his impact on this Yankees starting rotation and bullpen. And then on top of it, he's been an above-average hitter. He's got a WRC plus near about 110 to 115, which is still one of the best in baseball. I actually disagree. I think he's been the third-best catcher overall in baseball. But, I mean, now we can start breaking into the snubs because this guy, you can make the argument, has been the third best overall in catcher. So I'll start, and that's Will Smith of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Will Smith is third in baseball in WRC plus at 128, and he's second in the National League. We know we ranked Will Smith as the best catcher in baseball going into the season, and I have no reason to believe that he still isn't the best overall catcher in baseball. He's tied for ninth best pop time, which is the fifth best in the National League. That's your throw from home to second base. He's got like a one nine three. He's tied with Christian Vasquez. And that's something he's really improved on too, because he had an average-ish arm and he's improved on that. He's still not the greatest receiver of the ball. He's actually below average framer by the metrics, but still Will Smith has been above average defensively overall this year. And not to mention, let's go back to the bat for a second. He's tied for first in home runs in, in as a catcher at 13 and he's second in F4 in the National League, and he's walking almost as much as he's striking out. He's got an 11% walk rate to a 15% K rate. I still think Will Smith is the best catcher in baseball and should be an all-star. Yeah, he is definitely the most talented catcher in baseball. 
My thing with Will Smith being left off, and obviously he would not unseat Jose Trevino, he would unseat either Travis Darno or William Contreras. And I think he should unseat both of them. William Contreras, exactly. yeah, he's been great. He's got a 154 WRC plus, but he's only played in 43 games. Will Smith he has played qualify. in 72 games. So William Contreras was higher in WRC plus, but he didn't even qualify on Frankfurt. Right. That's the right. thing. He's been great in a short period. But at the end of the day, we have two Braves catchers on the roster. Come on now. Two Braves catchers. William Contreras has played 43 games and he's got a 154 WRC plus. And then Travis Darno has only played 59 games. Shouldn't games played mattered a little bit, especially when Will Smith is is you know, as good, if not better than Travis Darno. Will Smith has played 13 more games at this point. He's played 72 compared to Darno's 59. To Darno's credit, Darno has been a phenomenal defender. He's been this a great year. defender, and Will Smith has not been a good defender, which is why Travis Darno has a 2.2 F4 and Will Smith is at 2.1. Exactly. But I still do think that Will Smith has been the overall better player this year the war would slightly disagree but i think if we're looking at an entire package i think travis darno gets a lot from his framing ability early on in this season and maybe if you want to say all right receiving the ball is maybe the most important thing that a catcher can do and travis darno deserves it i'm not going to say that you're wrong but i will say that adding two catchers i know william cajeras also has played a lot of dh darno has been doing a lot of the catching duties that's my thing has has because we're going to go over some more National League hitters that William Contreras deserved it. I just don't know, especially because the Braves have a lot of all stars this year. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure either, to be totally honest. Um, but then again, it's still sick. I'm so excited to see him because they're all playing awesome. No, it's great. They're all yeah. playing exceptionally well. <laughs> we're splitting uh, hairs. Yeah. Another NL guy that just needs to be here. And I understand like a 102 WRC plus a, and I understand that he's hitting 257 and he's slugging 376, but Tommy Edmond is second among all major league shortstops in F4 because he is one of the best defenders in baseball at any mm -hmm. position. And the beauty mm -hmm. of Tommy Edmond is he can play legitimately any position. I'm looking at shortstop leaderboards right now. Edmund can play the best defensive second base in baseball. Agreed. He can play one of the best defensive shortstops in baseball. Agreed. He can hop out to the outfield with zero issue. And I'm sure you could slap him at third if Arenado hit the Met. Easily. That's the thing about Edmund. So yeah, 102 WRC plus, but Tommy Edmund is one of the best players in the National League this year. There's a reason that he is near the top of all leaderboards. There's a reason that he's a three and a half war player at this point. It's so hard to leave a three and a half war player off the NL All-Star team. See, you're looking at the 102 WRC plus as almost a negative. I'm not, because when I think about Tommy Edmonds game, he's 2% above league average hitter while being one of the best defenders in the entire sport, that all around package, like even if he was at a 95 WRC plus at some point, you have to look at the versatility and realize that Tommy Edmond can pick it with the best of them. I agree with you. The problem with Tommy Edmond, which is funny enough, is I think the, the change in position kind of hurt him. If he was being compared to other second basemen, he'd be he the starter. Be he would be, start over jazz. 
eh, it's close, but which has his injuries, you could definitely make that argument. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going against you on that one. I think, but it would be an argument, but that's to your point. He's been either the first or second best second baseman. Then moving over to shortstop, when you compare him to Dansby Swanson, who's been a little bit worse of a defender, but much better of a hitter. And then Trey Turner has just been such a good hitter that you can't leave him off. That's why he got snubbed. I believe if he was in that second base column, we'd be seeing Tommy Edmond in the all-star game. It kind of sucks for him. That blows. It totally sucks for him. Um, you know, Jazz Chisholm, I actually don't think is qualified right now. So I'm going to go to a minimum That's of 150 plate appearances. Minimum of 150 plate appearances. Shouldn't Tommy qualified Edmund, matter, though, for a second? Shouldn't that matter? I, that matters to me. The amount of games played in the first half, that matters. I just said that, dude. I yeah. just said that about Will Smith versus Travis yeah. Darno here. Look at Tommy Edmond. 86 games played so far this year. Jazz Chisholm is the starter for the NL with 60 games played. That's 26 more games. Yeah. And I understand like war is an accumulation stat, but Tommy Edmond has three and a half wins above replacement. Jazz is at 2.7. And when Jazz has been on the field, like, yeah, I'm sure his, his wins per, you know, inning played is, is higher <laughs> than Tommy Edmond. If we were to do the math there, but that's not how you play the game. I, I think it really matters. Like that's why you saw Cal Ripken make all those games because yeah, was he, one of the best shortstops in, in baseball when he was going through this Ironman streak. Yeah. Was he the best? I don't know if he ever truly was the best shortstop in baseball at that time, but he just played every fucking day. Speaking of Cal Ripken's streak, we just had another streak broken in a similar light. Whit Merrifield just missed a game for the Royals. That was his first miss in 553 games. That was the active streak in Major League Baseball. Whit just missed a game and it's funny I, I saw this stat too um i think he'd have to play till about 2036 in order to get the streak again and now currently matt olson holds the streak now in games played which is pretty awesome yeah matt olson huh i think it's matt olson let me check it let me let me do some digging i'm i, I don't want to misquote because i think it is matt olson so while you're doing just Talk about like how good I look or something. Yeah, you look really hot. We were talking about it. Um, shout out California boy, Peter Apple, who is now going with a clean shave look, which I think looks pretty hot, but you think that you need to grow the beard back. Um, I'll, I'll just break into another guy here while you ring that up. Uh, Ty France is another one that got snubbed big time. And, and I understand that Luis Arise was absolutely the guy uh, here. But listen, I mean, Luis Arise so far this year, has played in 78 games and has a 2.3 F4. Ty France has a lower F4. Luis Arise, a 153 WRC+. Ty France, a 147 WRC+. Luis Arise has been better. And mm -hmm. I'm not saying that Arise should be left off, but I'm saying that like Ty France got snubbed big time. Yeah. That's the thing that we're talking about, right? And, and we mentioned like we're not going to go you know comparative here for some, we'll get comparative. We'll get comparative for, you know, Paul Blackburn and Nestor Cortez and Garrett Cole versus Dylan Cease, because what's really going on there, we'll get into Cease a little bit later here. Um, but, but Ty France, he put together an all-star caliber season. And I think if somebody was going to make the all-star team from the Mariners, I was thinking it probably should have been Ty France instead of Julio Rodriguez. Uh, I don't know about that. Well, not instead of just both should be also. I was thinking instead of dude, if you had to pick really? one Mariner, who's had the better year? I think Julio's had the better year. 
with the stolen bases, obviously Ty France is not contributing stolen bases, but Ty wow. France is hitting 306, 379, 460. He's got a 2.0 war and a 147 WRC plus. I will now tell you Julio. Julio Rodriguez in 86 games, More slashing games. 274, 334, 477. 2.8 war and a 135 WRC plus. So he's almost a win better. And he plays center field instead of a first base where you have to hit as tight. And, and he's what? Third in all of baseball and stolen bases. Okay. I, I'll eat my words. I'll eat my words. And um, just to confirm, Whit Merrifield lost at 553 games. And it is Matt Olson currently in 221 games. That's the longest streak. Just to quote, he would have to play every game until 2036 to tie Cal Ripken Jr.'s record. That shit's never getting broken ever again. No, it's never getting broken ever, ever again. All right, let's break into another guy. Um, I'm not ready to say this is the absolute biggest snub, but I kind of am because in my opinion, the guys who I was going over, this feels like the biggest snub to me. And that's Carlos Rodon of the San Francisco Giants. So he's second in fielding independent pitching Um, at 2.13. He's first in the National League. And you can tell me, Peter, we're looking at ERA right now. We're looking at production. I get it, but I think that should be noted that of things that you can control, which is fielding independent pitching, not walking guys, striking a ton of guys out, and not letting the ball leave the ballpark, he is first in the National League. And if you say, well, what about the ERA? He's 12th in ERA in baseball at 2.70 and 7th in the National League. He's 5th in strikeouts per nine. He's 2nd in the National League in that stat and he's tied for the league lead in F4 and being first in the National League because Kevin Gosman remains up there. Carlos Rodon just turned in a nine-inning performance against the Padres when the Giants needed it desperately, and then in the next day, they win 12-0. to That could be somewhat of a spark plug to get the Giants going. I think I'm really happy that we rank Carlos Rodon as a top-10 pitcher going into the season because he has performed like one and should be in the All-Star game. Yeah, he took a little bit of a dip after that insane start, but he was looking like the best pitcher in baseball. And then McClanahan and Alcantara continued to rise. And then Gosman and Rodon, they started to drop a little bit, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, with Rodon, listen, listen, 12 punch outs on his 112th pitch of the night to finish off a complete game. It was a 99 mile an hour dick shot. And it was literally an I'm better than you fastball. And that's what happened. He is a competitor beyond belief. And I think anybody that saw him come up through NC State or with the White Sox knows that he is a competitor beyond belief. And he's not going to say that he's pissed. And I saw his comments about it. He said, you know, he feels more bad for guys that haven't made it before. And he said that he feels especially bad for former teammate Dylan Cease. Um but I saw Carlos's wife tweeted something about uh, Rodon being left off, that which fired me up. That fired me up. I'm so glad. When, do you remember when it. Kate Upton? Uh, do you remember when Kate Upton tweeted um, about Rick Porcello winning the Cy Young over Verlander that one year, and she was like, "You're fucking kidding me, right?" She's right though, and, <laughs> and right. Ashley and Ashley Rodon is right too. This is her tweet. Are you actually kidding? Man leads the NL in WAR. WTF. I mean, if Rodon didn't marry her, I would try and marry her. Are you kidding me? She's <laughs> citing war. That, oh my, I, I'm, I'm in love with you, Ashley. 
If you're listening to the Just Baseball Show, Carlos Rodon's going to beat the shit out of you. I want Carlos Rodon to beat the living shit out of you for that. That's fair. I'm in love with her, though. I'm not going to hide it. God, you're brutal. Uh, Rodon, listen, he's tied for fourth in all the baseball and strikeouts. He is second in the National League in punchouts, only behind Corbin Burns. He's ahead of Aaron Nola. He's ahead of Sandy. He's ahead of Charlie Morton. By the way, Charlie Morton, top 10 in strikeouts. My Sorry, God, man. how did that come out? Chuck Nasty, um, baby. He's insane, dude. But yeah, Rodon is like a gamer. And obviously the arc that he's been on, Rodon was an all-star last year. You were thinking that this was going to be year two of his all-star campaign. Could be. It stinks that he was left off, but you got to get some of those automatic bids in here. Like Joe Mantiply being an all-star. Joe Mantiply should be an all-star ahead of Carlos Rodon, but Arizona needed one of them and they got it. Joe Mantiply gets outs. That's all I got to say. ERA under two. Guy who gets outs. Yeah. Man. Have you seen Joe Mantiply pitch? Yeah, it's not yeah, that. Yeah, it's, yeah. He looks like a random guy that somehow just accumulates outs. It is. Okay. <laughs> Don't get mad. Don't yell at me. It's the Cal Quantrill effect. I am going to get mad at you. He just, he just shows why you, up. Why do you got to use him? Why do you got to use him? There's so many other pitchers. Use Chris Flexen. At least make fun of him. Flexen? But like Flexen's not as good. That's the thing. Cal Quantrill is, is good just because he's duped you're right. everybody. You're right. He's fantastic. No, you're correct. <laughs> he just gets out. <laughs> All he does out. is, yeah, he just gets a bunch of outs and, and there's no particular rhyme or reason. Like, that's my thing about Joe Mantiply. There's no rhyme or reason, but he somehow has a sub two ERA at the moment. I like dudes who get outs. All right. Peter's two favorite players are Cal Quantrill, obviously, and Joe Mantiply. Give me those two guys and we're winning a title. I don't think so. Your TikTok, by the way, I just have to shout you out. Jack made a 72 and 90 team. It was so funny. I just, the one that got me up like first, because you got the Brewers on your first one. And I was like, God, Colton Wong, I bet. And you said Colton Wong. I just burst out laughing. I was like, that's perfect. Colton <laughs> Wong. And then I think number two was Adam Simber in my bullpen. Yeah, who's just pitching what you a billion done, games. You should have taken a full starting rotation and a full bullpen. You know what I'm saying? Because now technically what you got, you got Adam Simber closing out every game. That would result in a lot of losses though. I mean, he's result above average. A lot of losses. Um, it would result in a 500 team. And listen, <laughs> I think he's leading baseball in games pitched right now. You know, you did a really good job when the comments section, half people are saying this team sucks and the other half are being like, the team's too good. That's when you know you nailed it. Who on earth thinks this is like an 85-win team that I put together? By the way, go, go check out the, uh, the TikTok at Just Baseball Fans. Um, next one for you is Dylan Cease, is Rodon's mm -hmm. former teammate. Let's get to Cease now because I, I think um, one of our new writers and, and somebody who's killing it with the social media, Elijah Evans, just put together a great thing on Cease um, about how he needs to figure out some command things. But when Cease is on, he's the most dominant pitcher in baseball. He is right mm. up there with Sandy. He's right up wow. there with McClanahan. I mean, dude, look at what Dylan Cease oh, is doing. Because obviously he's had those outings where he's walked seven guys, walked eight guys, thrown 90 pitches through four innings. But at this point, as we record on July 11th, Dylan Cease has a 2-4-5 ERA and is third in baseball and strikeouts, only behind Shane McClanahan and Corbin Burns. Yeah. He's Don't walking ask. a billion people. I think he leads baseball in walks. <laughs> He could lead baseball in strikeouts and walks. Aren't you the guy who hates walks? I hate walks more than <laughs> anything in the world. But you know what I tip my cap to? Strikeouts and earned runs. 
and it's he's true. not he allowing many earned runs, and he's striking out a shit ton of dudes. I will say, I think Dylan Cease is the biggest all-star snub in the American League, and yeah. I would say Carlos Rodon is the biggest in the National League. Okay. We're going to get to some more guys. We're going to get to some more guys. There, there was a side-by-side, real quick. There was a side-by-side from Jay Kuda, who is a uh, – he he posts about the White Sox. He works with StatHead. He's like a StatHead contributor, and he um, – he did like a side-by-side of Cease, Paul Blackburn, and Nestor Cortez. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Dylan Cease leads the trio <laughs> of Cease, Blackburn, and Nestor Cortez, or at least has a share of the lead in wins, starts, innings, ERA, strikeouts, Ks per nine, FIP, quality starts, opponent OPS, starts with no runs allowed, and starts with 10-plus strikeouts. And he was the one that was not an all-star. Nestor should have made it, in my opinion. Paul Blackburn, the only reason he made it is because of the A's and their bottom feeder organization. And Paul Blackburn probably won't even be an A in the next two weeks. So, yeah, I I don't like that rule. I don't think that every team needs to have a nomination. I really do think it should be the ultimate game full of the best players in baseball. And if your team is that garbage enough, it's this is no disrespect to Paul Blackburn, but at the end of the day, Dylan Cease has just been better than you. And I don't think that Dylan Cease should be out of an all-star game because the A's need an all-star when the A's don't pay anyone and about 11 people go to their games. I don't think that's fair. Everybody gets a participation award. Bullshit. Um, I think, I don't know. It's tough. Are they still doing the final vote? Do you know? Yeah, of course they are. I think they're going to do the final vote. So we could see some of these guys get in. Yeah, is he's going to be on the final vote? Like, I guess I don't think it's been announced yet. Okay. Yeah. We need the final vote. We need like a cease and a Rodon to get in. I think that's the one that everybody's going to be up in arms about. But there are still some bats left too. And one of them is Josh Bell, your guy. Josh Bell needs to be in the All-Star game or at least needs to be in this final vote. He is one of five first basemen in baseball hitting over 300 this year for the Washington Nationals. He is fourth in WRC Plus among first basemen in the National League. And listen to this, Jack. He is the only first baseman in baseball with a 10% walk rate or above, less than a 15% walk rate with double-digit home runs and hitting over 300. He's the only first baseman in baseball. When we're talking about discipline, talking about power, Josh Bell could be argued has been one of the best first basemen in all of baseball. The problem with Josh Bell, have you seen how bad of a base runner he is? Oh, he's terrible. Not even terrible. The worst by far. If we're looking at BSR on Fangraphs, which is a base running stat, just awful. Beyond terrible. But he's been a good, at least all right, defensive first baseman there. I mean, not that good, but the bat is what needs to get him into the All-Star game because he's been one of the best offensive players, not just at first base, but in baseball this year. Josh Bell, the Nationals, should be in. And, you know, it's tough with Juan Soto and Josh Bell because Josh Bell's had the better offensive season so far than Juan Soto. Eh, we'd have to look back at that. It's probably pretty close when I really consider the numbers. Yeah, but if you look it's, at like OBP, it's been consistency. Yeah. I mean, listen, Juan Soto's hitting, what, 230? And Josh Bell's hitting over 300? 304. It's hard to leave a power-hitting first baseman hitting over 300 out of the All-Star game. 
Josh Bell and Ty France should be in the Star games. Yeah, it, it, it's a Juan Soto sex appeal thing. It's it's a Clayton Kershaw sex appeal thing. I mean, Carlos Rodon has just been better than Clayton Kershaw, and that's a fact. And Josh Bell, I think, has been better than Juan Soto. And I I was going to say convincingly, but I prefaced with I think, so I can't say it convincingly. Yeah. And the thing is with Kershaw is that Kershaw's ERA is around 2-4. But Kershaw has also been injured and hasn't thrown as much as Carlos Rodon. So I'd like to see those starts added up. But it's funny. We were talking in our prize picks Twitter space. So hopefully you guys will use our code just baseball if you are new to prize picks and want to join. You know, one of our Dodger fans who comes in and gives some Dodger props. And overall, he's been great. Cam, if you're listening, you've been phenomenal. <laughs> he was saying, you know, everyone's calling Max Freed the best lefty in the National League. And he was like, did people forget about Clayton Kershaw? And I'm like, kind of. We kind of did, and we shouldn't forget about Clayton Kershaw because at the end of the day, it's still Clayton Kershaw with a 2-4 ERA. Still giving it the business. Yeah, he is still giving it the business. I saw this crazy, crazy stat. Um, it, Clayton Kershaw has made something like 195 starts in his career at Dodger Stadium. Um, little under 200, I think. And of the 190-ish a little under 120 have gone seven or more innings. Think about that. Pretty much every time he's running out there at home, he's going seven innings. And I wish I had the number in front of me. I wish I had like the tweet in front of me so I could, you know, give credit. But I, yeah, that was, that was I, awesome. I still claim this, that he's the best regular season pitcher of our era. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Who but I don't think he's better than Pedro Martinez. I think like that's kind of where the era ends and then the Clayton Kershaw kind of era begins. I think you could go with Roy Halladay. Roy Halladay has been phenomenal. There's a, there's some other guys I'm probably forgetting off the top of my head, but those are the first two guys who really come to mind. Roy Halladay and Clayton Kershaw. Rest in peace, Roy Halladay. Satisfaction. Yeah, peace, Doc. Um, I found it. Fabian Ardaya, our guy Fabian Ardaya at The Athletic. Uh, he's the, the Dodgers beat writer. He said on Sunday that... Sunday's game was Clayton Kershaw's 199th career regular season start at Dodger Stadium. And he had gone at least seven innings in 113 of 199 starts at Dodger Stadium. That's not six. It's seven innings, at least seven innings. The bullpen needs to fill two innings. That's incredible. And I think the only guys, you mentioned the guys in our generation that you know, could contend for greatest regular season pitcher against him. I think in, in the generation, and I mean, I guess they, they're still in it, but in the generation underneath us, I'm thinking that the 18 to 22-year-olds that grew up with baseball, they're thinking, okay, obviously Kershaw, but let's think about what Max Scherzer has done over the last 10 years or something. Let's think about what Justin Verlander has done since his peak in Detroit and how he's kept it ongoing. Kershaw has just been better than all of them, man. That's what I'm thinking. Or Annabelle Sanchez could be in there. <laughs> Doug, or, uh, Doug Fister. Yeah, that was, that was Verlander, Scherzer. That's a sick name, Jack. There we Doug go. Doug Fister. Verlander, Scherzer, Annabelle Sanchez, Doug Fister, and Rick Porcello. That was the five-man rotation for the Tigers in the early 2010s. Legends. All of them. God. Rick Porcello, 20-game winner. Still, the Cy Young winner and Kate Upton <laughs> win the game. Stat that matters most win the game. Win the game. Um, <laughs> guy who's looking to win a lot of games, 
uh, is Kyle Wright. And there are two Braves. I want to pair two guys that I have left together because the Braves already got Acuna in, Dansby in. They got uh, Freed in. Mm -hmm. They got William and and William Contreras. Two more Braves are deserving, (laughs) which is insane. That tells you what they've done. And they're not named Matt Olson. Yeah. And they're not named Ozzy Albies. Austin Riley leads all third basemen in homers. He's second among all third basemen in RBIs, only to Jose Ramirez. And he's second among all third basemen in hits, only behind Rafael Devers. So while the advanced numbers might not look good, while the WRC, I mean, they obviously still look great. Yeah, they look great. Why (laughs) why the WRC plus, like, might not look all-star worthy and why the war might not be all-star worthy. Like they're just on the edge, first one out. The sheer counting numbers, which is Riley's MO, have been so deserving of an all-star selection. I think Austin Riley has been absolutely sensational. And I think that uh, Travis Darno should not be here. Austin Riley should be here. Well, I think that Austin Riley should have been the DH when they put in a DH. They put in William Contreras. Why don't you put the better hitter on your team in? And the problem with Austin Riley is that he started off real slow. That was Austin Riley. Really, really slow. Really, really slow. But then since I think June, he has been not just one of the best third basemen in baseball, but one of the best overall bats in baseball since June. Austin Riley deserves to be in this race. And another guy, before maybe you get to Kyle Wright so we can separate kind of the Braves a little bit, you know, This guy didn't make my top five snubs, but this is another relief pitcher who since June doesn't allow runs and strikes out everybody under the sun. And that's Devin Williams of the Brewers. Devin Williams of the Brewers since June has looked like not just a great reliever, but the best reliever in baseball, considering even on his own team, Josh Hader, who we overall recognize as the best reliever in baseball, but Clay Holmes is making a, you know, a valuable case to overtake him, but it's still Josh Hader, but number two might be Devin Williams. And he's got a one, seven, three ERA with a really slow start because he hasn't a lot of run in what seems like a year. And then you look at the strikeouts leads NL relievers in K's per nine. Seems like he strikes out two every single inning, regardless the split change, the airbender looks like the best overall pitch in the game. Devin Williams deserves to be in this, but there's another reliever that I want to talk about that I think deserves it even more, but why don't you go into Kyle Wright? Because I agree Kyle Wright should be in this game as well. Yeah. Kyle Wright is another one of these snubs and just wrapping up on Devin Williams. Let me throw you I'm trying to pluck out the perfect guy for them because obviously the Brewers need offensive help with what Devin Williams is doing. If you are offered a star with multiple years of control for Josh Hader, are you thinking about it? Yeah. I'm I'm just handing Devin Williams the keys at the end of the day. It's a reliever, but it's the end of the day. Josh Hader is the best reliever in the game for the last five years. I understand. I understand. So get the most you can out of him. But I also think, and you know, I've, you know, it's kind of my fault too, because I feel like I've kind of led this charge that the Brewers can't hit it at all. You know, where they rank is actually pretty solid. They're middle you know, of the they're, pack. They're no, they're like, they're like almost top 10, at least in like these OPS and WRC plus stats. But at the end of the day, it's just, do you believe in Rowdy Tellez hitting third? 
You know, it's just, it's not the sexiest lineup, but they have been able to manufacture runs this year. But I'm thinking, you know, when it comes to the playoffs, it seems that every single season, when they go up against the Max Freeds of the world, the Max Scherzers of the world, the Jacob DeGroms, and then in the, you know, all these different pitchers, especially with the Padres and the Dodgers and then the Cardinals, I don't know how the offenses are going to stack up against them. I think that they can hit the Cubs at Wrigley for sure. Pirates, definitely. Reds, of course. Marlins. And not with Sandy, but the rest of them, it's it's I, I don't know how the reason why we say this is we're comparing them to other playoff teams and right. they should be compared to other playoff teams right. and compared to them. The offense does not excite me yeah. and it doesn't hey. excite you either. Right. And, and look at the sheer talent level. I mean, you know, who's to see what's going on. But uh, that is a conversation for another time. Atlanta. Kyle Wright is another snub. Now, I don't know who he would replace, but I'm just telling you that he was snubbed because we're screaming at the clouds. Kyle Wright, through 17 starts, is 10-4 and with a sub-3 ERA. He's thrown 103 innings, has struck out 103 guys, has walked 33. What Kyle Wright has done this year, after not doing much of anything at all in his previous four seasons of Major League action, he didn't get much. He made four appearances out of the pen in 2018. He made seven appearances in 2019. Started eight games and had an ERA over five in 2020. And then in 2021, he started two games um, and was just like not a factor for a World Series winning team. What he has been to them is the second best pitcher all year long. And Charlie Morton has obviously stepped up and been a freak arm. And I just talked about it on yesterday's Just Baseball show. But on the heels of Max Freed, Bouncing off of that, especially with Ian Anderson ticking down and Soroka mm-hmm. not being ready and Waskari Noah literally being optioned. Mm-hmm. What Kyle Wright has done for them has been next level. And I think that he has been one of the most impactful starting pitchers in the National League this year. No doubt. And I think that point about Ian Anderson taking a step back is important because if we remember, I'm not taking my victory lap, but there was a couple of guys who I was worried about going into the season. One of them was Christian Javier, Ernt. The other one was Ian Anderson, and I'm I'm feeling kind of right about that. It's just the changeup we love, but everything else wasn't great. And if the command is not on point, he can get hit around a little bit. While I like Ian Anderson, he's more of a four. And when you come playoff time, I don't know if you really want him in there while he has performed great in the playoffs. So I would be willing to give him the other chance. And what am I saying? Me, the Braves should give him another chance, but Kyle Wright is the guy that I want in there because he's also shown that he can shut down really good offenses. You know, I watched his start against the Cardinals. I know they're struggling, but he shoved. I mean, he just shoves, dude, shoves. And another pitcher and another pitcher, who freaking shoves and is another one of the top 10 biggest snubs in the national league, top five in the national league, in my opinion, is Zach Wheeler of the Philadelphia Phillies ninth in ERA in all of baseball, two, four, six, fifth in the national league. Talking about fielding independent pitching, the stuff that the pitchers can control 2.45 FIP, which is third in baseball, second in the NL fifth in F4 among all starters, fourth in the national league. We're talking about strikeouts. He's top 10 in that in baseball while he's fifth in the National League. Zach Wheeler, again, we ranked as a top 10 guy going into the season, and I have no reason to believe that he's not still a top 10 guy. He's also another one of these pitchers who didn't start off amazing, but since May even, I mean, just kind of a little bit of a rough April, he's been phenomenal. And everyone's talking about Aaron Nola, and Aaron Nola has been good. 
I don't think Aaron Nola is as much of a snub as Zach Wheeler is because I think Zach Wheeler came into the season as a top 10 pitcher and has performed as a top 10 pitcher and should be in the all-star game. Yeah, we had way higher expectations for Zach Wheeler than we had for Aaron Nola. And he's met year. them. He's I don't know. Met what, he's met them. He's the a thing top is, 10 guy, maybe even top five. He's that you know, good. I, I, I think if anybody's making the argument that Nola has been better than Wheeler, what is basing it off of the idea that um, the Joe expectations Gaspar. were so much lower for Nola. Yeah. Right. Because he's surpassing the bar that everybody had set after a couple of years of drastic underperformance versus Wheeler put together one of the best years in all of baseball last year and could have won the Cy Young. And I would not have batted an eye over Corbin Burns just because he threw like 40 more innings, 45 more innings. Agreed. But what Wheeler has done is met the expectation set for him, which is top 10 pitcher in baseball and bona fide ace. And what Nola has done is passed up this newly lowered bar and gotten back to the bar that we had set for him previously. So I, I think we're skewed. I think we're working on a, on a sliding scale a little bit. Did you already I, touch on Schreiber? Remind me. I have not touched on John fucking Schreiber of the Boston Red Sox. We talked about Devin Williams being the biggest reliever snub. Nope. John Schreiber of the Boston Red Sox shoves it down throats. He is one of two relief pitchers in all of baseball with over 10 strikeouts per nine, less than two walks per nine, with an ERA under two. And a lot of relievers have an ERA under two. Even Devin Williams at 173 ranks 23rd in ERA in baseball. You know where John Schreiber ranks? Two. Second, 0.62 ahead of Ryan Helsley, right behind Clay Holmes. John Schreiber should be in the All-Star game. He has been otherworldly phenomenal. And you know what? I hate to do this, but at the end of the day, Devin Williams pitches in the NL Central. And the NL Central has three bottom feeders, along with a Cardinals team that has not been hitting lately. John Schreiber is facing the New York Yankees. He's facing the Toronto Blue Jays. Tampa Bay Rays haven't hit that much, but the Baltimore Orioles sure as shit have. John Schreiber has been, by ERA, which is literally earned runs allowed in the bullpen. That's what I'm going to look at closest when we're looking at reliever rankings and starting pitching rankings, really. I'm going to look at the ERA. That's what you've produced in the first half. And yeah. he has been the second best reliever by ERA and isn't in the all-star game. We'll call it second most consistent reliever because reliever ERA can be a bit misleading because if you have five good outings and the sixth is a blow up outing and it's a bad inning, then your ERA is just totally screwed. You have no he chance to immediately bounce back. And he hasn't had 29 one. 29 innings, which is like four less innings than some other, these guys. Exactly. Exactly. And obviously Schreiber is not directly competing with Devin Williams. So Let's look at it. I mean, Schreiber has been arguably better than Emmanuel Classe. I think so. Schreiber has not been better than Clay Holmes. Schreiber yeah. has been arguably better than Jorge Lopez, even though Jorge has Lopez been. has been a nah, Jorge Lopez has been a beast, but Schreiber's been better. You're Have you right. Seen Jorge Lopez lately keeps getting blown up every single day. Okay. Uh Gregory's been blown up lately. Schreiber has been better than Gregory Soto. That's for sure. Yes. Yep. But I guess the and legend Bill. vote doesn't count or anything like that. And yeah. then the rest of the guys are all starters. They they loaded up with starters and not relievers. So Gregory like, Soto is an all-star game merchant. He keeps he keeps getting it because the Tigers aren't sending he's on a anything. terrible team. He's an all-star game merchant. This is the second in a row. And he's been like a very good closer. 
but he's just always this consistent all-star. But I do, on the other side, love seeing him pitch because he's a freaking, he reminds me of Duvall. He's just a raptor. Yeah, dude. So um, I I was going to like, so when Tarek Skubal just started sucking, do you think Gregory Soto was sitting there like rubbing his hands together? Like (laughs) my time to shine. Another all-star game. I'm I'm going to make the Hall of Fame and nobody's even going to know. Let me book my flight to LA right fucking now. Tarek Skubal, you bum. It's my time to shine. Gregory Soto, 10-time All-Star when it's all said and done. <laughs> Wait, how do we evaluate that? If Gregory Soto is a 10-time All-Star, but he just has these Gregory Soto stats, <laughs> does he get his number retired? We put him in the Hall of Fame. We call him one of the greatest the Tigers ever. 10-time All-Star as a reliever. Al Kaline, Gregory Soto, Miguel Cabrera. Michael Fulmer, number four. Michael Fulmer, number four. <laughs> he won Rookie of the Year, right? I think so. I think he did. Brandon Inge, number five. Oh, Ian Kinsler, number six. Oh, Ooh. that one-year Prince Fielder, seven. <laughs> Man. Torque. Is Torque going to get there? Riley uh, not yet. Not yet. Uh, well, we're Jonathan Scope might. We ta- yeah, Jonathan Scope. Also, outs above average merchant, Jonathan Scope, just yes. destroying everybody else in that stat. Um, Colby was talking about Torque on um, not gambling advice in terms of a fantasy guy to really, really look at Torque's looking a lot better. The hard hit rates, the launch angle, a lot of stuff like that. You know, he's a hot weather guy. The weather's starting to heat up and he's at least hitting the ball really hard. Maybe that production hasn't fully come in yet, but he's expecting a big second half from Sensor Torkelson. It's hard not to agree. Guess who's got him in our league. You, my friend. Yeah. I also have Cal Quantrill. If you want him, I do want him. Okay. <laughs> not a great fantasy. Are you going to give me David Bednar? <laughs> Not a great fantasy pitcher. I understand. Um, all right. That's it for our snubs. Let's end with this. So I came on this podcast and I said that the Angels should consider trading Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. Nope. nope. I'm not saying do it. I'm not saying do it. But can they get any worse? And with that. <laughs> any worse. No, but seriously, can they get any worse? No, they can't. I think you should start trading everybody else. Really? I mean, Shohei is going to be a free agent with about, he's going to ask for $60 million. You aren't going to be able to pay for it. And I'm not saying do it. I'm just saying have a thought exercise where a week ago, it wasn't a thought exercise. I think it's been moved into thought exercise currently. I just don't, I think it's, I think it's franchise suicide if you do it. Is this better? This purgatory nonsense? Yeah, because you have Trout and Otani. Yeah, sell tickets. You sell a bunch of tickets, especially when Shohei's on the mound. Angels should just get out of L.A. I mean, no one in L.A. likes them. Like, it's all Dodgers. But where are they going to go? Nashville. No, uh, who's going to Nashville? Tampa. Isn't Tampa going to go to Nashville? They might yeah, expand they might. in Nashville. I mean, Manfred wants 32 teams. That's a new thing that he came out and Rob said. Rob wants 32. So instead of moving Oakland and Tampa, they will just add in Nashville and Vegas. You know what they should do? Combine the A's and the Angels. Ooh. Does that Catcher, team even Sean get Murphy. that much better? Catcher Sean Murphy, Jared Walsh at first, Tony Christian Kemp Bethencourt is now gone. Christian Bethencourt is now gone from the A's, so that makes sense. I understand. Yeah. Tony Kemp at second, with Stefanik as his backup. And David Fletcher in reserve. Yeah. Uh, is Elvis Andrews the shortstop? This is so pathetic. Rendon at third. A hurt Rendon? What A about Jonah Bryan? 
No. <laughs> um, Chad Pinder in left. Elite. Brandon Marsh in center. Trout in right. Can Trout play left? No, I want Trout in right <laughs> because of the cannon. Um, DH, Shohei. Pitchers, Shohei, Frankie, Shohei. Blackburn. That could Spend work. All. This could work. It could work. This, that's an 88 win team right there. Yeah. That's crazy. They God, combine so and they're not even the best team in their own division. That speaks more to the A's than the Angels. I mean, the A's are just giving nothing. I think it tip. speaks both. I mean, out, you just added like four A's to this roster. Yeah. On the Angels starting in the infield. <laughs> like most of the infield and outfield is the A's. Damn, it's tough. What if Damn, we just combine next episode? I think we should combine both Chicago teams both New York teams, both LA teams, and see which one wins the battle. I think we know which team is going to win the battle. Yes, we, we do. Not even close. Actually, if you start adding some of the best angels to the Dodgers, I think there could be a discussion with the New York teams. But yeah. then again, you put DeGrom, Scherzer, and Cole in a rotation. <laughs> yeah, but you've got, right now, you've got Gonsolin, Kershaw, Urias, Otani, Syndergaard. You can't add Syndergaard as the fifth. What do you mean? Tyler Anderson. Andrew Heaney. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. All right. Um, yeah, follow us on all the socials. You and Aram will be back tomorrow talking about something good, I assume. Something good. We haven't decided yet. I think I want to do – I want to really dive into the futures game a little bit more. I think we can really go over these prospects because it's really interesting. I'm going to be in L.A. for the futures game, and we have – you know, I love all the listeners who love all the prospect information stuff, and I really want to talk about that. But we'll see what Arm wants to do. But I really want to get into the futures game. So let us know tomorrow in the comments, maybe on Twitter, at just BB Media if you want to hear more about prospects or if you want us to do something else. Maybe we can just do some combining. We can talk all-star. We can do anything we want. It's the Just Baseball Show, and we're talking baseball. We even ranked our top five NBA players today. Why not? Yeah, I know tomorrow or today we've got futures game content going up uh, on the call up. So go listen to the call up mm. and you'll get a, an entire futures game rundown about, you know, where those guys stack up and all that. So maybe you guys, you know, do other baseball stuff and tease the call up a little bit more. Why didn't he invite me to talk about Ken Waldachuk? I don't I don't know. You want to record something? Just like pull out voice memos on your iPhone and give me like 30 seconds and I'll clip it in in post-production. <laughs> that were Yes. And with that. Not thank you, everybody, yet. How about with that, use our code just baseball on prize picks as well as join our chalkboard group chat, which is in our the description of this podcast. Yes. Get some just baseball merch while you're at it. You yes. got a bunch of hats, got a bunch of shirts, hoodies, everything else. And with that, thank you, everybody.